Welcome to Where's Home Really with me, Jimmy Famarewa. This is the podcast where familiar faces reveal all about their past, their present and their future. In each episode, I get the privilege of digging deep into a different guest's life and find out the very essence of who they are, what they do, why they do it and what they consider home to be. And in every conversation, we will discuss our four key elements that offer a tangible sense of home. They are a person, a place, a phrase, and a plate. One element for me would be, and this is quite a strange thing, but it's a plate and it's a piece of food that gives me real nostalgia and people might react weirdly to this or not, but I really remember as a kid dipping toast, buttered toast or margarine toast into like sweet cups of tea. And I remember having something similar at Dishoom and it was like a chai with like a buttered pow or like roll. And I tried it and I was just like, I had forgotten about that food kink, that weird thing that I used to do as a child. But it really does remind me of like a weird sense of home and maybe doing this kind of quite secret, strange thing that you find delicious that nobody else understands. So that's my one, but I want to find out about what it is for my guest. So let's find out. You know how, how crazy it was? Like streets would stop. I remember going to the bank. Soon as I walked at the bank, there must have been about a thousand people wow. outside. Wow. And I didn't think they were there for me. I thought they were there. Someone must have gone on. I was so shocked by that because I thought, look at the love that these people are showing me. All they want to do is see me. Today's guest is a former professional boxer. Having stolen British hearts after winning a silver medal at the age of just 17, 17, at the 2004 Olympics, he went on to become the youngest ever British professional world champion, winning the WBA light welterweight title at 22. After a long and successful career of 40 bouts and 34 wins, he retired from the sport in May 2022 and has just released his autobiography, Fight for Your Life. I think that's enough clues. A huge welcome and thank you to Amir Khan. Welcome, brother. Thank you, thank you. What a great introduction that was. <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Thank you. I was describing it there and I was talking about this idea of home and I really like to start off by asking the guest, like, what does that title, what does that question make you feel? Like, home must mean very different things for you or must be attached to different places. What's your initial feeling and response? So home for me, obviously, is Bolton. It's a place that I started my boxing career in mm. and I stayed there throughout my whole boxing career. Mm. And had all my fights throughout winning world titles and still living in Bolton. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. what happens a lot of times is fighters and or, or sportsmen and women, they make a bit of money and they leave. Yeah. But yeah. I end up staying there. I invested a lot of money in mm, Bolton as well. Yeah. So I can create jobs and stuff like that for people. And did that did that come naturally from from you? Was that something because yeah. you were very young? Was it yeah. people around you? That I had were a good like, team, like my yeah. parents around me. I was doing charity and helping the people. And then I thought, because I'm from Bolton, and Bolton's been good to me, why mm. not do something and build something in Bolton? When really I could go to London, I can go Manchester yeah. and do investments. But no, I wanted to do it at home and yeah. I've still got my boxing academy there Right, it's amazing. still there and it's still full like I went there the other day and <laughs> must have been about 70 
young kids training wow. and it's nice to see that you know when yeah, you walk yeah, in you yeah. see so many young kids and they look up at me and they've got like little they're sweating a little bit yeah. and they're looking up at me and saying <laughs> as you walk in is that is that him just walked in like so casual and I I, I walk around places like really normal yeah, yeah I do think normal I like to walk around and just like be me and mm. you know what I mean and mm. um, the people can't believe it because when they meet me they go what are you doing here like why are you here for you didn't tell nobody like, or you're, you come alone and they can't believe that you come yeah, alone because yeah, the thing yeah. that you, you have security I do everything on my own it's yeah. me and I just get, carry on with it because UK is my home and, I, and I'm and i respected here and I love yeah, the place yeah. and I love the people here. So why do I need security or anything like that, especially, yeah. especially in Bolton? Yeah, well, I think that's a really lovely thing and a good place to start that idea of home and it being attached to a place and just still being the same Amir and and, mm. and what you've had to do maybe to hold on to that. Correct. Um, let's start with your place then. Let's start yeah. with the one that you've gone for. As you say, you are a proud son of Bolton. Mm. What are you going to choose as the place that most represents home? It can even be very specific. It could be a house. It could be, you know, there's a lot of options for you, See, but what have you gone for? I've gone for my house in Bolton. Mm. The reason why I go for that is because it was the first big investment I made mm. when I signed my boxing contract and I've mm. made my first million. Wow. I spent wow. it on my house in sensible. Bolton. Sensible, yeah. yeah. And what was what was the least sensible thing you spent it on? Uh, was the there least, a little bit? Um, watches. <laughs> watches, You know what? Okay. I went and bought a watch, Jacob & Co. And really, it was uh, just the bling thing, big yeah. diamonds all over it and everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Honestly speaking, that might have cost me at the time around about 60 grand. And now, it's probably worth about 15. Right. Just the right, diamonds or right. whatever they're worth. Yeah, That's yeah, it, because yeah, the quality yeah. of the watch wasn't really the best. And I, <laughs> right, it was just, right. See, at times, I wish I'd gone and bought like something like a Patek, which yeah, was a quarter yeah, yeah. of the price, but went up to like right. so there's five a lesson, times the there's price. There's a lesson in that first watch, isn't there? Yeah, but it was a but yeah, you said about the house. And Correct. That's fascinating to me that it's not just what it represents in terms of being in Bolton, but it represents investment and that investment kind of, well. you know, yeah, yeah. Correct. So talk so, us through it. So what I did was, Bought this house and it was a bungalow but with a mm. lot of land and mm. it was quite big and it was very peaceful and chilled. It was in, you know, you drive, it was a nice drive into mm. the, to the house. I was still in Bolton, not far from the main areas. Yeah. Had my friends come over and then decided to build a little annex. Wow. Right across the road for, on the, on the land. Luckily got planning permission, build this swimming pool downstairs <laughs> where with a gym. <laughs> and then upstairs, a bit like a boys' pad. It was like an open plan with two bedrooms, pool table there, wow. cinema screen, everything. <laughs> and, and how old are you at this point? This was when I was about twenty-two. Wow, wow! And when so, I just won so, the world title, so, so it was getting a little bit fancier than a bungalow. You say bungalow, yeah, and I'm that's like, that's why oh, I started off. When I started off a bungalow. Off, yeah. So then I had the bungalow house, and then I had this other one yeah, built. Yeah, yeah. But the bungalow was the first investment, and that yeah. is really close to me. How did that contrast to where you grew up and the house that you grew up in yeah. and the environment you grew up in? Because I know, you know, your your grandfather came here in the yeah. 60s. Your dad was here when he was just eight years old. Yeah. Were you always very aware of like, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing. There's a link to to what what my family and my where kind of come people from. came from. Yeah, 100%. And where, what they went through, look, they came to England, probably didn't have money in their pocket. Mm. I mean, they came... Here, my dad was only eight years old yeah. and so young. Yeah. And, you know, now having these 
nice things is by working very hard because I've seen my parents work very hard. Mm. I've seen their parents work very hard. And to give us the opportunity to come to England was one of the best things they ever did, came to England. And I had the opportunity then to go into boxing and to do other things. Mm. So mm. yeah, it was amazing. And, and when it comes to the house, to be honest with you now, at the time it's, it looked very big. Yeah, yeah. When I used to live in it. Yeah. But then when I moved and then I didn't go back to that house for probably a couple of years. Yeah. And when I went back, it felt so small. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's crazy yeah, how, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was expecting it to be a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah. But look, it's what you have, you're happy with, it's, mm. it's good enough. You live in Dubai now, yeah. a very different environment, I imagine. You've worked so hard, you've fought so hard, you know, literally for all that you've got. You mentioned kind of going places on your own. Like, I imagine... Mm just knowing what I know about boxing and all sport, really, you have to really fight to keep your feet on the ground. Has that been something that you've had to kind of like struggle with and be aware of as you've gone from Bolton to Dubai and the world and Vegas and everywhere you, else? To be honest with you, I think it's a lot easier mm. there because I put I got more support here. Right. And, and right. I got more people that like me over here. And yeah. sometimes like... It amazes me when I get here and I sometimes forget because in Dubai I live a very simple life right. and only maybe 20% of the people will know who you are. Right. Okay, still you might take a picture with one or two yeah, people, yeah, but yeah. here you'll take a picture with two or three people every hour. <laughs> yeah, but whereas yeah, in yeah. Dubai it's probably in the whole day. Yeah. So, so And some days you might not even take a picture yeah, with anyone. Yeah, like yeah. no one knows yeah. who you are. They leave you to it. Yeah. So I do kind of love that. You know, and it's just, for me, having a house there, I want to see my kids grow up there with me and I want to spend that quality time with them there because yeah. I know here I neglect spending time with them yeah, because I'm always yeah, out yeah. working or I get busy. And That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a type of guy that I can't say no to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife always has a go at me because <laughs> there'll be a party, there'll be there'll be an event. I'll say, okay, fine, I'll come, I'll come. <laughs> I, I never then end up seeing the kids. And I imagine the kids go to school at nine o'clock they're back at three and then I have to be, I might see them for an hour, then I'm out again. Yeah. They go by, by the time I'm back, they're in bed, they sleep yeah. for tomorrow's school. Yeah. So it's hardly spending time with the kids, but whereas in Dubai, I get to spend quality time because when you're away, you can't say yeah. I want to talk about words uh, and get your phrase from you. What is the word or collection of words or sentence or motto that really reminds you and makes you think of home yeah. and who you really are and, and, and all the parts that make you Amir Khan. So whenever I used to fight in America, like in the lights of Vegas or it being Madison Square Garden in New York or it being anywhere else like Los Angeles, they would always say, from Bolton, England, Mm -hmm. Amir King Khan. They could just say England, but I used to tell them I want Bolton in there because obviously that's where I'm from and it represents me. Everywhere I used to go in the UK, people knew where I'm from. I'm from Bolton, England. Even on as soon as you Google any news about me or my name or my bio, you'll see from Bolton. So that yeah. makes me very proud. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that specificity about like Bolton yeah. and almost carrying your home into all these unexpected places and like other people having to like find out where Bolton is and kind of, imagine, you know, like... <laughs> imagine they'd be like, you know, they'll think, where is that? Imagine how many people must have Googled, where, the, where is Bolton? Yeah. And then they find a tiny little town yeah. in England. Yeah. I guess also 
maybe one of the things that is very interesting that sportsmen in particular feel, and you see it play out in football, that notion of you're English or you're British when you're kind of winning, but then like, you know, when things start to go wrong, that's when, you know, your other part of your identity or your home yeah. or you're ostracized because of that. And there's there's other considerations, aren't there? I wonder what you make yeah, of that mine, or if you've ever I, seen I've that. been quite lucky that way. I've been okay. Maybe because I've been around from a very long time and then I went and represented England. Mm. Having the chance to represent Pakistan, but I ended up picking England mm. in the Olympics. Was that a difficult decision? Did you um talk I was to living about in front, that? yeah I was only seventeen. And I had never been to Pakistan. Well, I had been probably twice before. Didn't know much about the country. And then obviously I thought, look, this is where I live. This is where my family are from. This is where my friends are from. I've been to school in England. And so really I should be representing my home, which mm. is England. Yeah. My home isn't really Pakistan, it's yeah. England. And not in, in a negative way because I go to Pakistan quite regularly yeah, now. I was going to ask. I've got such a massive fan base there. I love the Has country. the relationship really changed then? Like it must have. Because what was your perception of Pakistan growing up? Uh, was it somewhere that you would go to? Was it, you know, for me, Nigeria would be this place where it would be quite mixed messages because it would be like, oh, you need to go back and never forget your Nigerian but equally, it'd be like, oh, Nigeria's got so many problems. Don't go back to Nigeria. Yeah, we'll you, send you back if you, you misbehave. You, you get that. Did you feel you, that? At start, yeah. But then when I started to fight, I always represented Pakistan as well when I was winning world titles and I was winning championships and Commonwealth Games. And I used to always say I'm a British Pakistani, basically, which mm. I was. Mm. And Pakistan automatically took a liking in me by saying, and, and and treat me like treating me like a hero every mm. time I went to Pakistan, mm. and the love that they showed me was amazing. Yeah. Honestly, like that is also like home to me. Yeah, because yeah. because I was born in England, yes, but even Pakistan. I mean, the way they respected me, and whereas before I was scared to when I used to go to Pakistan, mm. I used to think, oh, you know what, a lot of what's going on there, the right. terrorism stuff that was right, new yeah. on the media, the the stuff that you see on the news. Mm. But honestly speaking, when I was there. I was nothing but there was love. Like, yeah. you know how, how crazy it was? Like, streets would stop. I remember going to the bank, had to, uh, to open my charity account for Pakistan. As soon as I walked at the bank, there must have been about a thousand people wow. outside. Wow. And I didn't think they were there for me. I thought they were there. Someone must have gone on. So I'm like looking up, and because it was a very tall building, I'm looking up thinking something happened. And they were all then screaming my name. And and the, luckily I had protocol and police and like the army like always around me when I go to Pakistan. I was so shocked by that because I thought, look at the love that these people are showing me. All they want to do is see me. Uh, and they want to come next to you, take a picture. But obviously it was too busy that I couldn't do that. But that, that's a different type of love that they have for you. And that is because I always show my respects and show my love towards that country as well. Welcome back to Where's Home Really with me, Jimmy Famarewa. Today, I'm joined by former boxer, Amir Khan. Thank you very much. How are you? Very good, bro. Let's talk about your person. Which person are you going to go for that really encapsulates and solidifies this idea of home for you? My father, probably. You know, I used to fight my cousins and right. everyone. And then yeah. 
or misbehave with them or make them cry or take their toys or take their bike and you know, silly things like that. I just yeah. have too much energy. Right, and right. And what my dad thought, which a lot of Asian families would never think would be take him to a boxing club, yeah. let, him, let him box there yeah. and hopefully he'll get it out of his system. Yeah. Whereas normally parents would think if you take him to a boxing club, he's going to end up getting more violent yeah, yeah. because then he's going to know how to punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you think about it now, yeah, I was crazy. I was wild. I was fight, fighting everyone. But so my dad sent me to boxing. Yeah. It disciplined me so much mm. that boxing had to be only in the gym and in the ring. Right, right. And yeah. my coach said to me clearly that if you fight outside, then you're not allowed to come to the gym. And then I started getting reports from the school after me going boxing saying, oh my God, Amir's changed the student. He's become a good, he's helping the students now, talking to him, very respectful, because that's what he taught me. Boxing teaches you with discipline and respect. I was the only Asian in the gym. And I think I'm quite surprised that my father, being an Asian, be coming from a Pakistani Muslim background that he would send me into a boxing gym because there was no Pakistani boxers. Everyone used to play cricket. My cousins, my dad even used to play cricket, you know, on Sundays and weekends. For him to send me a, to a boxing gym, like, was very odd because, like I said, when I went there, I would stand out like a sore thumb because I was the only Asian in the gym. But maybe that's what I needed. Maybe my father knew that I need to put him in a position where he's going to be uncomfortable. He has to learn himself how to respect people. Because imagine you go to a gym, you don't know anyone there. You're going to have to then somehow make some friends and start from fresh. It's an era when there was especially a lot of conversations about extremism yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of, you know, a lot of kind of Islamophobia and xenophobia and things like that. But you've kind of been a real voice and advocate for... Yeah you know, counteracting yeah. kind of that. So when 9-11 yeah. happened, I yeah. remember I was in school still. 7-7 happened then. A mm. couple of years after that, you know what I mean? Then I was a name and people knew who Amir Khan was. And that's when I then started to talk and said to people, look, I'm a Muslim. I represent the country. I am totally, me as a Muslim, I'm against terrorism and all other Muslims are against terrorism. For people to do what they did there in London, they're not Muslim because in our religion, is it does not teach you to harm anyone. And these are innocent people you've killed. So I wanted to be a voice for our people as well. Did it ever feel like a burden? Did you ever feel... Because I'm sure there must have been times when you just wanted to box and you just wanted to answer the questions that other boxers yeah. were getting asked. Like you know, uh, Yeah, you... I was the only boxer really getting yeah. asked those questions. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, we've been at a press conference and they they asked me a question like, Hey, I'm here when 7-7 seven, seven happened. Where were you? And I'd be wow. like, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, and I've got my opponent there. And he's probably thinking, what, what, question, what type of question mm. is this? Mm. But look, I had to be a role model for the millions of people in Britain. And I didn't mind, to be honest with you. I just got on with it and yeah. I, I answered it. Because look, I would give my verdict. And like I said, when you're against something, you have to let the people know because it may change 1-2% people's mm. uh, like mindset. You know, They might yeah. be thinking, you know what? It makes sense what Ami is saying. Let's talk about your plate. Let's talk about food. I wonder if that's something that 
helps you kind of step back into we love food, the brother. person that you are. Yeah, we love well, food, you I'm know, foodie, man. I, I guess it Same must food, be. I can, <laughs> I'm getting a bit hungry now. As well. It must be a challenging one or a strange one, particularly as a boxer when you're kind of, you know, where it's fuel, but also it's like something that's like represents yeah. desire and identity. Which plate, which dish have you gone for that really, uh, so, really speaks to you in terms the restaurant, of home? Whenever I'm in London, there's a restaurant I go to called Zena. Mm. Zena restaurant and it's in Marble Arch. Oh, okay. It's a Mate, new this one place, already. wow. Mm. Not the biggest, but the food is mm, oh, bro. So whenever I fly in, like I'll just go and get a mixed grill. I've got like a charry. Is that the dish? Is there a, a mixed grill really dish? good? Mm. A charry chicken, which is a chicken with a little bit of pickles. Mm. So it's got like a pickly taste to it as well with chicken and it's a, it's a proper curry. And the naan bread and the, everything. Oh, yeah. Is it what is the cuisine? Is it quite similar to what Pakistani. you grew up on? Ah, oh, fantastic! So it's a Pakistani, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's the old school food, but they've added a little twist to it as well. Mm, mm, so oh. one of my favorite places that I go to, honestly, whenever I'm getting hungry, I can yeah, see your yeah, face. Yeah, okay. your, your mouth is yeah, watering. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I hope the mic doesn't pick up the uh, rumbling yeah, yeah. stomach. Yeah, and so that's one. That's and the amazing. other one, the other one in the north. So I have two places. I have one in the south, <laughs> and in the north of England, I have a place called Mile Halls. I mean, another place which is fantastic. Mm. I only have to walk in to know what I want to order. <laughs> I swear to God, you know, I might not know. That's how we do know. What is the order? What is the order then? Lasagna. I start with a little bit of papadums and stuff like that as well, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. And then I like to have a chocolate spongy cake at the end of it with, <laughs> with chocolate custard. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, whereas in the, and the one in London, Obviously, it's the mixed grill and it's the chicken achari and it's the naan bread. But then to finish off with that is something like, you know, the rice pudding. When I like something, I stick with that and I don't mm. want to change it mm. because I just end up getting two, then three, then four. So <laughs> I, I stick to just that and I don't want to even try anything. They always said to me, I mean, we just got a new dish. Why do you try it? I'm not, no, thank you, because I'm going to end up, I think about the pounds I'm going to put on. I'm thinking about the calories. I'm like, oh, I can't be doing this. But yeah. You know, how, have you, how have you found that side of kind of retirement very, and not oh. being fighting? Because, because that's the other thing, isn't it? People have an opinion about how you're looking and your body being public property almost and people having an opinion about yeah. how you look or how much you're eating or how much you're not like what is what is that yeah, literally while I've been here these last couple of days people have said to me you put some weight on <laughs> bro I've had uh, that like, oh, everyone <laughs> and I, I don't say these to people them, are brave I would not uh, say listen, that and I'm to like, you oh, nice one I'm like thank you then they're like oh damn we think we've just said something wrong they're like no we mean it in a good way you know when you hear that when we mean in a good way you know what they mean really you yeah. know this guys put a bit of a few pounds look I'm a retired fighter now let me be listen, man I'm like listen, I've been training all my life listener he looks Leave great me alone. a lot of people that are listening would kill to look <laughs> no like but I, I do I do I do feel like I put a few pounds on which I which I've put on but, but look, surely you know that's your prerogative as as you say you've been fighting for so long 27 years 27 years that's that's just crazy oh, well, and, and, you and you've been and you've been famous for so long yeah and, and watched so for like so people long. know you personally like, I'll meet someone who I'll, I'll probably end up meeting someone outside who I've just met for the first time, but this person will speak to me not like he knows me forever and like he's my friend. And I, I do the same. I'll end up being as nice back to them as well. But it's not their fault because they've seen me for that long and I, I've been around for a very long time that I don't want to hurt their feelings then. Yeah, yeah. Because the way they've seen me on TV, how they see me 
how I am normally. Yeah. I have to be the same way with everyone and that's the way I am. Yeah. And, and I imagine you must have felt the impact that you've had, or I hope you felt it, like what you've done that you've kind of broken barriers and changed people's idea so. of of what someone from Bolton, what a naughty kid from Bolton, what a, what a British Muslim can walk be. Into a, walk into a boxing gym and just see there is a lot of Asian kids mm -hmm. that are boxing now. And yeah. it's amazing to see that yeah. because before boxing and Asian kids, they never used to gel together. Yeah. And also what is done for me in my life. So all the big thank you goes to, Boxing. Yeah. It's boxing what made me, yeah. what got me here. It's boxing that got me to write this book. Yeah. It's my talent that got me to do all this stuff. And I'm so happy to be in a position like this. Yeah. And I just thank God because, you know, God had to pick me. God picked me to do this. And I'm so blessed to be in a position like yeah. this. What a legacy. What an impact. Amir Khan, thank you so much for joining oh, me. Thank you for having and me, man. Sharing your sense and idea of home. It's been a pleasure. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you very much. That was just really great. He came in with such aura and charisma about him. That sort of lad from Bolton thing is clearly just still there, but he's somebody that's seen so much, that's done so much. There was such kind of like wisdom and playfulness that was a bit surprising, and he was just so honest. It was an absolute joy to have him here, and yeah, what a guy. Thank you for being with us for another episode of Where's Home Really? We've had some amazing conversations so far in Series 2, so why not go back and listen to any you've missed? And please do join us next week, where we'll hear some even more incredible stories and get to see a different side of a well-known name. Please do follow Where's Home Really on your favourite podcast platform, and also check out our brand new website, whereshomereally.com, where you can find our whole catalogue of conversations plus some additional interesting tidbits. And, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, can I ask a favour? Please do leave a comment or review, as they really do help us to spread the word. From Podomo and Listen, this has been Where's Home Really? Hosted by me, Jimmy Famarewa. The producers are Tayo Popula and Aidan Judd. The executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudnow and Matt White. And for Listen, is Kelly Redmond. Until next time.